Hey everyone, welcome to Ghostly Residents of Old Cape Cod. We're back into Mark Jasper's book, Haunted Cape Cod and the Islands, published in 2002. The title of this podcast is Eleven Ghosts, and when you listen to the story, you will understand where those figures came from. That's an enormous amount of entities inhabiting one home. But then, this is a pretty big house. So, Mark tells this story um, of the different apparition, apparitions, apparitions, yes, <laughs> that reside in the Barnstable house on Route 6A in Barnstable. Now, I've driven by this house countless times, but never once wondered if it did house a few ghostly residents. You know, those are the ones that don't pay taxes. Here's Mark's story with a few ad-libs, naturally, from me. Quote, There are few structures on Cape Cod that have a more haunted reputation than the Barnstable House on Old King's Highway. By the way, that's Route 6A. I think you know, you know that. For years, I have driven by this stately colonial house with its massive black and white chimney, almost completely oblivious to its very existence. Thankfully, I now know much more. My drive-by will certainly never be the same. The Monstable House was originally framed in Situate, Massachusetts. It was shipped to Monstable by barge through Cape Cod Bay, and constructed in place by James Payne in 1716. My quote, <laughs> imagine that, we had prefab homes even then, although it does make perfect sense. Besides, Home Depot wasn't invented yet. Now this home had a list of dignitaries. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Hollywood. We had a few famous stars of our own. Payne's grandson, Robert Treat Payne was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. The estate was eventually purchased by a man named Edmund Hawes, H-A-W-E-S. On October 1st, 1776, a man by the name of Alicia Doan, D-O-A-N, bought the home from Hawes and paid for it in continental currency which had just become worthless, thanks to the American Revolution. Hawes was so distraught, he committed suicide by hanging himself from, from a tree on the property. Well, <laughs> Hawes isn't necessarily one of our dignitaries, but he also sounds like ghost number one. Okay, next paragraph. In 1799, a doctor named Samuel Savage became the new owner. Savage retained ownership until his death when it was inherited by his daughter, Hope Savage Shaw, who was the second wife of Chief Justice Lemuel Shaw. There's another of our, <laughs> our dignitaries. See, I told you. The house was then sold to Abner, Lewis, Abner Davis in 1832. 
Davis died in 1839, and the house was inherited by his wife, Nancy, and then passed on to her son, Adolphus. <laughs> Sorry, A-D-O-L-P-H-A-S, Adolphus, I got it right, who was a Boston ship owner. During this time, the house was occupied by a supposedly unfriendly sea captain named John Gray. Now, watch out for him. In the 1900s, the home was converted into an inn and restaurant, and it was owned by a number of different people and operated under many different names, including the 1716 House, uh, the Old Jail House, the Sign of the Blue Lantern, Andrea Doria Inn, and Captain Gray's, and finally, the Monstable House. So let's take a break here and find out in the next session where the 11 ghosts came from. Stay tuned. Hi everyone, we're back with the answer to the question, where did the title come from? Let's quote from Mark, shall we? During the 1980s, the house was converted into an office building managed by Bob and Marie Scales, S-C-A-L-E-S, owners of Clark Engineered Products. Marie, one of the managers, gave me a private tour of this magnificent building, which has been impeccably restored, with many of the original features still intact. As I previously mentioned, the Barnstable House has quite a haunted reputation. Now, are you ready for this? A seance was once performed here, and a psychic claimed 11 different entities roamed the house. Probably the most famous sighting involved four firefighters back in the 1970s. At approximately 3 a.m., the Barnstable Fire Department received a call for help from the Barnstable House. Two fire trucks were immediately dispatched to the scene. Upon arrival, the firefighters caught a glimpse of a woman in one of the upstairs windows. Several firefighters rushed up to save her, but could not find a trace of the woman. After they cleared the smoke, several firefighters saw the same woman, now outside and hovering, two feet above the snow. She was described as having long blonde hair and wearing a long white dress. The firemen said she wore a sad expression and wandered around the property. It was said that she disappeared before the firefighters could reach her. One person who had owned the house when it was an inn and restaurant told the story that involved high school students who were trying to photograph ghosts with infrared film at night. Apparently, while inside the house, the students were not well behaved and made a racket upstairs. The owner was in a downstairs bedroom trying to sleep when suddenly she was awakened by a bright light. A massive fire had ignited by itself in the fireplace. The owner believed the spirit did not like the students wandering the house, and when she asked them to be quiet, the flames suddenly extinguished. <laughs> <laughs> 
Another incident involved a young boy and his mother, who were guests of the inn. The boy was said to have drawn pictures of the house with flames and ghosts coming out of the windows. He was quoted as saying, See what the ghosts did to the house? They are silly ghosts. They're terrible ghosts. The owner said she got an uneasy feeling and asked the boy not to say that anymore. After the boy went to bed that night, the owner walked downstairs and, to her amazement, found an old candle chandelier burning brightly. She blew out the candles and then returned shortly thereafter, only to find them relit. There is another presence that is thought to reside in the dark, damp cellar. This spirit has been identified as the cantankerous Captain Gray. He is known as the Door Slammer. A spirit of a young girl named Lucy is also thought to reside here. It is said that she drowned in the stream that ran under the house. A rocking chair that now sits beside the fireplace in the main lobby has been seen rocking by itself on occasion. The rocking chair spirit is thought to be Lucy's mother, patiently rocking the chair, rocking in the chair, I'm sorry, waiting for her daughter's return. The woman cited by firefighters has been identified by some medium as Martha. It's no it's not known exactly why her spirit remains here, but some have said she is simply waiting. To this day, there are people who refuse to work in the Barnstable House alone. We have spoken of Lucy before in another podcast. Her story was the house was built over an underground stream used to supply fresh water to the home. Lucy, it was believed, was bouncing her ball when it fell into the stream, and she went after it. That's when she fell in and drowned. So many sad and melodramatic ghosts here. And now I've, I kind of um, categorize them. Number one, the woman in the window. Number two, the woman floating above the snow. Number three, little Lucy. Number four, Edmund Hawes, who hanged himself. Number five, the woman in the rocking chair. Number six, Captain Gray's door slammer. Martha, number seven, Martha, who is waiting. Number eight, the stu- students who upset the ghosts. Number nine, the little boy who drew pictures. Number ten, the chandelier. And number eleven, the fire in the fireplace. I think I got them all, but you get the idea. That's a lot of ghosts. In other stories, we have dealt with one or two. My question is this. Did they get along? Did they draw straws to decide who would haunt next? or play cards to see who would sleep in what room? Well, that's our story for today. For next time, I think, have you ever wondered about the very first settlers here on Cape Cod? Were there any ghosts from then? That might be my next podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Hi everyone. Um, as promised, 
these podcasts are murder-free almost and always frightfully ghostly. If you or someone you know has had a ghostly experience, give them a free email address, ghostly.residence at gmail.com. We would love to hear about it. This podcast and all of our podcasts are created on Spotify, the easiest way to make a podcast. The written transcript can be found on our website, https colon slash slash capecodwriters.net. If you know of a small or large business who would like to advertise on our podcast, please let us know at our free email address. There is a poll at the end of this podcast in case you want to comment. We would really appreciate any comments or ideas you may have. Well, that's now. That's all for now. Stay tuned, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.